by film, five, stand by music, four, stand by announce. Three, two, one. And fade up. It's the Bellagio, the Mirage, and the MGM Grand. You're a wizard, Harry. Open your eyes. Now tell me, where are the others? Eat me! King Kong ain't got on me! What about second breakfast? Why not? Why can't I? How can we be expected to teach children to learn how to read if they can't even fit inside the building? Welcome, 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 one and all, to a fresh hopped New episode of 20 Years, 4 Beers, a podcast dedicated to re-watching movies from two decades ago while simultaneously enjoying a minimum of four modern beers. My name is Steve, and this is my big brother, Tim, and we are coming to you from just outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota. On this episode, we will be heading back into the world of war movies with 2001's modern warfare style film, I guess. Yeah. Black Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down tells the story of 160 elite U.S. soldiers who are dropped into Mogadishu in 1993 on a mission to capture two lieutenants of a local warlord. Though they may be elite, they find themselves caught in an ambush, separated, and battling with a large, heavily armed group of Somalis. Captain Steele! Captain Steele, come in! We got two wounded, and we got both the pilots dead in the chopper. We need a medevac over here now. Two fives are telling me it's too hot to land the barracks. You gotta secure the perimeter first. Over. Where are the Humvees? Be advised, two fives, the convoy will be there. They're encountering a lot of resistance. Safe floor out. The film is directed by Ridley Scott, written by Ken Nolan, and starring a lot of young men from Hollywood, including Josh Hartnett. Ewan McGregor, Eric Bana, Sam Shepard, William Fit- Fickner, 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 right? Fitchner. Yeah, William yeah, Fickner, Fickner, and a man who they apparently just wake up for all war movies, Tom Sizemore. <laughs> uh, there are many others that we won't have time to cover all. I'm sure we'll talk about in our reactions as well. Sure. Uh, Tim, do you have any initial memories of Black Hawk Down. I love doing this podcast because when I came to this one, I remember thinking I saw that, I think, in the theater mm-hmm. um, because of at the time it was kind of such a talked about movie in terms of the visceral experience and two hours of, oh, my goodness gracious. Um, and I know I saw it. I don't have any memories of it, though. Hmm. Like, I remember it being two hours of war. And so I'm excited to see it again because it clearly did not have a lasting impact on me. So <laughs> that's my amazing memory of this movie. Yeah, I I don't I don't remember seeing it in the theater for sure. Yeah. Um I'm not even sure I did, but I, I you know, that's sure. sort of irrelevant. I think time will remember this one differently than at the time. Cause I remember sure. it was up for some Oscars, I know, and you'll talk about that, but yep. it was it wasn't like there's not much of a story as I remember, you know, no. like you don't really get to know the characters, but I think it's going to be interesting to see it 20 years later of just like, how does this hold up? Is this still a pretty solid war movie? 
is this just a Jerry Bruckheimer film? Like, I don't know. You and, know? It, and it came out a few months after 9-11. And so I yeah. think it probably was seen in much way, in many ways through that lens of like America rah-rah, even though it's mm-hmm. somewhat of a, you know, muck up mm-hmm. of the whole story, what happened in 93. But I do remember thinking and hearing about that being kind of uh, a, a distortion of the movie, mm-hmm. so good or bad as it was, but just the zeitgeist of the moment of post 9-11 was um, our, you know, kind of how people saw the movie. Well, cool. We'll so, see. our first segment, as usual, is Drinking Buddies. Come on, not my fucking beer. Where we present the four beers we will be enjoying, hopefully, this episode. <laughs> and since we love beer here at 20 slash 4, we refer to them as our buddies. So, Tim, who are our drinking buddies for the movie? We have, from Castle Danger, from northern Minnesota, their... Beer that I anxiously await every fall. Mm-hmm. And so you started at the beginning with the mention of it, but it's their Fresh Hop Mosaic IPA. Uh, just, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. I bought it this week and I was like, okay, wait till Saturday. Wait till Saturday. <laughs> Don't open it. So that is our uh, first drinking buddy. And then in honor of one that we've enjoyed for quite some time, but their last round, if you will, or cycle mm-hmm. of using crawlers. So Junkyard. Oh, yeah. Out of Moorhead, uh, they're changing their whole line to be can distribution, tall boys, whatever they're going to do. So, hmm. we felt compelled to kind of pour one out for our friends at Junkyard. It's their Mama's Trip to Jamaica hmm. Sour, which has got orange, pineapple, lime, and grenadine syrup, which they hope emulates the classic Jamaican rum punch cocktail. Hmm. Rum mm. punch. Yes. Hmm. Shall be delicious. And then, out of... Uh, the Lake Minnetonka area. This is our first time having one, I think, from Back this Channel. This is our first Back Channel of all. Yeah. yeah. Surprisingly enough, 20 yeah. some odd episodes, 100 <laughs> beers, none. No Back in, Channel. Slipping in our old age. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm excited. I saw it like, yeah, let's do Back Channel. So, Back Channel, it's their Tampa 2 New England Double IPA. And then a new one from our friends in Fulton on Minneapolis, their mm-hmm. Snow Emergency Stout. So, that is our theme beer. Mm-hmm. Of it's, uh, I imagine, going to be a dark. It's going to be black. Probably a black beer. Yep. So, uh, it's going to be in I'm honor be of. Drinking it down. <laughs> that's right. Hawk, I'm not sure how yeah, that comes gonna, in there. Gonna, but, uh, yeah. So, that's our uh, our drinking buddies. There we go. Thank you. Our next segment, then, is the social network. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook, you'd have invented Facebook. Where we take a look back at the critical and fan reception from 20 years ago. As I put out into the universe on Twitter for dozens to see, I actually was doing research today. Ooh. I know. This afternoon, even. And I have a review from <gasps> The Guardian. Wow. And I went I with... That. Yeah, I went with a British one. Um, Ooh, since, good, you know, good with thought. Ridley Scott. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, and I, I was surprised... You'll you'll get to it a little bit, I'm sure. I'm surprised at the the difference in the ratings. We don't discuss Rotten Tomatoes on this show, yeah. But the IMDb rating and the Metacritic score and on Rotten Tomatoes, if you look at it, it's a there's a big difference between what the critics thought and what fans think. Yes, and we'll definitely get to that with Life as a House as well. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, so the Guardian. I apologize, this is a little bit long, but I actually liked this review. So it just says, Ridley Scott provides us with a pure war movie, remarkable in some ways for the severity, even 
Is it ascetism? A-S? Whoa. I know. Let me see. Asceticism? You're the big word guy. Where is it? Oh, wait, In the um, italics. Wow. Asceticism. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know. I've never seen that. We'll Google search that and come Ooh, back to it. Asceticism. I know. Asceticism. Okay. I forgot to look it up beforehand. Tim, look All it up. Right. Yes. So uh, even asceticism of its utter concentration on deafening and relentless action, there is no backstory for anyone. There is an eerie absence of political context, even when one U.S. soldier is taken hostage by the militia. Goes on to say, this is very much a movie for post-September 11 America, notionally chastened, yet inexhaustibly gung-ho in its body language. And he finishes with, there's impeccable location work and bang-up action sequences. In fact, the whole film is a 135-minute action sequence, so it's never boring exactly, but never all that exciting either. Yeah. Wow. Well made, but boring. But what is asceticism? It's good. It is a severe self-discipline and avoidance of all forms of indulgence, typically aligned with like a religious retreat or something. Hmm. But self-indulgence or sorry, self-discipline and indulgence, uh, avoidance of it. So I put it in context again. What does he say? So he says, remarkable in some ways for the severity, even asceticism of its utter concentration on deafening and relentless action. Doesn't indulge it. Huh. I... Look at Those us. Brits, man. Educating the world. Those Brits. <laughs> they know their big words. Wow. Uh, so there you go. That's my That's a research. good one. I, I, well done. Yes. Uh, IMDb rating is 7.7 7 out of 10. Um, yeah. The Metacritic score was like 54. Yeah. It just, it was kind of. It's just, that's uh, a, that's a polarizing, but I think you have that reaction of, anyway, we'll talk about it later. Yep. Uh, Mark Dinning of Empire Magazine. So the movie is ambitious, sumptuously framed, and frenetic. Black Hawk Down occasionally airs on the confused, but is nonetheless a rare find of a war movie which dares to turn genre convention on its head. Hmm. Rex Reed of The Observer said, Limbs explode, guts spill, and blood splatters in an endurance test that is numbing, but nothing new. Hmm. So one says, it turns genre on its head, and the other says, it is the same old, same, same old SSDD, man. Gut splatter. And then our big fan, um, Roger Ebert, four out of four stars, mm-hmm. said films like this help audiences understand and sympathize with the actual experiences of combat troops instead of trivializing them into entertainments. So well, we'll see about that hmm. in terms of it being on the ground and what that experience is like. Four out of four. Hmm. Yeah. Loved it. Interesting. Speaking of four, you did mention oh, oh. Uh, nice segue, right? You did mention before Academy Awards, it was up for four categories. Best Director for Ridley Scott, um, losing to Ron Howard for a movie we're going to watch eventually. Sure. Beautiful Mind. Yep. And then Best Cinematography to another movie lost to that we'll watch, Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. Fellowship of the Ring. And then one for Best Film Editing and Best Sound. Mm -hmm. So those are the two that it won. Very nice. Thank you. All right. Well, we are going to watch the movie. And feel free to join along if you have it. Released in 2001 and directed by Ridley Scott, this is Black Hawk Down. You're going back in? There's still men out there. God damn. When I go home, people ask me, hey, who? Why do you do it, man? Wow. Some kind of war junkie? I won't say a goddamn word. 
Why? They won't understand. They won't understand why we do it. They won't understand it's about the men next to you. And that's it. That's all it is. Did you want another beer for recording? Ah, uh, beer. My one weakness. Let's do it. I mean, there's there's some new Glarus in there. Um, but it's probably just the fruity stuff. Ooh. The fruity. Uh, we could do... Oh, the one on the right. Is that the Tequila Sunrise of LTD? Oh, let's do that. Mm, beer. Um, I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, welcome back to 20 Years 4 Beers, where we have just rewatched Black Hawk Down and finished up with our four new beers. And then we're diving into a fifth as well. Uh, as usual, we jump right into our reaction segment that we call High Fidelity. Top five side ones, track ones. Where we discuss our top takeaways of any kind from re-watching the film. Tim, do you have a... Um, Top takeaways, things that you... I mean, not, not like one of the top five, but I would say we kind of joked at it. I think it's important. Veterans Day is next Thursday. Yep. And I think we can say with full certainty watching movies like this that yep. truly thank goodness for those who signed up because that ain't us. No, I couldn't do it. Like, not to be glib or like, ha, <laughs> but like a movie like this watching, you go, yeah, nope, that's uh, that ain't... Uh, I'm not cut out for this. No. So... Thank Testament you. to movie Thank making. You. Yeah, it's too. Yes. Because yeah, uh, you do sort of buy into that. Yes. But anyway, that was my first thought. We joked about it, like, <laughs> like thanks like, for signing up. We're I was like, like yeah, no. F this noise, man. I could yep. not do this. And this is a relatively minor skirmish in the grand yes. scheme of things. Yeah. No. No. No, I couldn't do it either. So anyway, just, yeah, I felt compelled to. It's somewhat serendipitous we watch this before Veterans Day. But yeah, yes. sure. Thank I you all. It. Thank you all. I, yeah, my first takeaway was. Not necessarily about this movie, actually, but is there a more eclectic director than Ridley Scott? I don't know that I can think there's like, a different one. Like, it, outside not. of, if he had, I don't think he's, yeah. He only needs a musical on his resume to really sort of like cement every other genre yeah. out there. But yeah. you just, you watch this and, and not just eclectic. Really, he's got some bad movie. He's got some stinkers for sure. Oh, sure. But he's also got some all-time classic films in sci-fi, in war, in, um, I guess, I don't think The Martian is necessarily sci-fi. According to the Golden Globes, it's a comedy, but, <laughs> um, sure. But it's certainly not sci-fi, but like, just, it's no. a drama. You know, yes. I love The Martian. It's a great movie. So good. Um, he's got House of Gucci coming up, you know, soon. Thelma and Louise, he had. Yeah. Uh, alien? American Gangster, Alien, Blade he's Runner, got, right? So he's got like some. It's just what a guy who just doesn't pigeonhole himself, right? Totally. I, I I'm watching this and I'm like, this is this is a mastercraft in a director showing what he can do with a relatively simple story yes. um, on purpose, and we yeah. can talk about that later. But I, I just don't think there's another director that could claim to be as eclectic, especially over the course of I mean, what, 45 years? Yeah. And still making it and doing two movies this year. Yeah, like three months apart. Right. Yes. Well, you think about this, like, we watched Gladiator last year. And yep. within about 18 months, roughly, he had Gladiator, then Hannibal. Yep. And then this. Right. 
And then after this does Matchstick Men. Yep. So delightful little it's, movie. It's a quirky, fun movie. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree. Like, he is all over the board. He doesn't seem to have any kind of like. Oh, and then he did Kingdom of Heaven after that. Yes. Which is really good. The like, director's cut is. Yes, yes. His, yes, exactly. But I, I exactly mentioned Thumb and Louise. He is all over the map. Mm-hmm. And I love that it's just like, ooh, Ridley Scott. Because clearly he can get people to come on to his movies. I mean, mm-hmm. this had probably every, what, American, English, or, and or, yeah. Australian Kid. white male. Yeah, pretty much. He that feels that way for sure. Doesn't have a like, scheduling conflict. Yeah, exactly. Signing up for this because everybody's in it. Like, uh, my first thing was, I don't know how many times we had that, like, kind of hilarious moment of, holy cow, this guy's in it? Yeah. <laughs> over and oh, over and over way, again. White Squall was the other one I had on my list. White Squall, yes. I mean, very different kind of a movie. For yeah, these guys. Anyway. Yes. But we watched this and we're like, oh, my God. Like, you joked, like, Ty Burrell. Like, yeah. Phil Dunphy's Phil in Dunphy's this. in this. Yep. Like, it's got everybody that has somehow made something in your yeah, life Tom or Hardy had something is, prior yep. to this yep. that didn't have a scheduling conflict. And it, they just, I think, cast everybody that was like a white male. Um, Pretty much. Available. available. And come I mean, on that, in. And we talked about it, too, with like Band of Brothers. They did the same thing, right? You need if, When you need hundreds of young yep. kids to play soldiers, you're going to take whomever can. Yep. Including... Um, you ruined my trivia. I know. I'm sorry. But yeah, that's fine. It happens. It's good <laughs> to saw, have it ahead of time, I saw a tear. You blew it! Tom Tom Geary is his name. Yeah. The Sandlot Kid, Smalls. I was like, oh my God, Smalls! Right. Yeah. I mean, every, there's... Yeah. All kinds of people in it. I own Griffin or whatever his name is. I yeah, can never pronounce Fantastic his name. Four. Yeah. What's the one that... Uh, the Human Torch says? was denied a bank loan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you got a little bit of everybody. Yeah. It's... All hands on deck. And I think it's because of Ridley Scott. Oh, and also, uh, who are we missing? Orlando Bloom. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Legolas. We'll talk about him next month. But yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. He apparently goes to Australia, or New Zealand for like 18 months, and then he comes here and shaves his head. Yeah. So, yeah. it uh, It's got everybody. Well, Ian McGregor from Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Yeah. But he ha- he was at least established. Oh, yeah. He was. But all the other guys. Yeah. It's crazy, like it, yeah. So that was, but I think it truly is, like we said, because of Ridley Scott. So you can well, just say, yeah. "Hey, I'm making a movie." People sign up. Yeah, yep. There, yeah. there are a few directors that can do that. Yep. Um, yeah. Technically speaking, this movie is incredibly impressive. Yeah. Um, I know it won. You said it won for sound and editing, right? And film editing. Yep. Yeah, I'm very surprised. Now, I think it's probably because it was most. A lot of it was done. I mean, I assume all the crap they blow up is on a set of some kind, but the production sure. design is really good as well. Yes. Like all the the sets they have, the the review I talked about earlier said, or talked about the um, the uh, on site, like the locations were yes. really good as well. Yeah, the practical. But I feel like a lot of that stuff has got to be a set, right? I mean, like a lot of it. So yeah, they're not gonna blow up. Now, obviously, they didn't film it in Mogadishu because... I think it was Morocco they right. filmed or whatever, yes. But really impressive. The technical side of this, sound, yes. visuals, yes. everything about it. And I do think some of that goes to... Which is what probably why Ridley Scott gets nominated for Best Director for this, oddly enough. I know. Exactly. But you do... War movies are pretty popular when it comes to that. Uh, best Directors. Um, but sure. it is a little bit like... 
So he gets nominated for best director on this. Why? Like bringing all this together, maybe, or it might be like a quick get it together. It's been in like you know development for a while, and they pull it together. Maybe it is maybe. a post nine eleven. I don't know, but and not saying he's undeserving by any means because the technical aspects are really good, and a director does that. But yeah, when you when you watch this movie, I'm struck not by <coughs> the story or emotion no. by any means um but you are struck by when when you and i are looking at each other like i can never be a soldier like yeah. there is some technical aspect of, like you guys did a good job because a it feels believable yeah but then also don't you get the sense that like i think sometimes movies get accused of being over the top but i'm like yeah i don't think i think this is under under the top yeah, I think this is, like, below the radar. I mean, like, it was bad in some of those things. Yeah. But I also feel like, I think the real life's a lot worse than what this is. And so, like, it's a testament to the technical ability of this movie, because you're like, I could never do that. Well, I could do that, because those are a bunch of actors. But I can never do that in a, like, yeah. real life scenario, which means you're doing a good job, because it feels believable. Yeah, it, it sneaks up on you where one of my main things was like it has like 30 minutes of build up. Right. Yep. Where I remember actually like, hey, can you pause it? And kind of, right. oh, yeah, it's about half an hour of like setting the field for these characters, which I don't know that it, in some ways it's super effective because there's just so many nameless characters mm-hmm. to the point where like they actually write the character's last names on the helmet on the helmet in real. the front with like yeah. no one would do that right yeah but it's such as like wink wink to the audience of like these are basically interchangeable white people mm-hmm. that we need to just put a name on it so you somehow when we reference them understand who the hell we're talking about right um so i get it's you know cinematically it works but it's kind of tough to connect with that um so i agree like the story piece is not what you necessarily gravitate to. Mm-hmm. It's more of like these fleeting moments of connection with characters or <clears> things like, <laughs> I just thought I made a note, like, you know, it doesn't bode well when they have some level of like outside detail. Like the one guy that has the time where he's drawing pictures for his daughter's books mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, he's going to die. Yeah. Because yeah. You're it's, blown it's this by proxy connection right. of if you were in this situation right. and you had daughters, kids, whatever it is, and you were trying to do something for them, now we've got some empathetic connection. Mm-hmm. And that's where it was like, it seems heavy handed, but it's like, yep, yeah, and then he dies. Yep. And this character, yep, and he dies. Like, that's, I think, some of the challenge of the story piece is that mm-hmm. they want to have the visceral experience, which is really well done. Again, the technical aspect, mm-hmm. the tactile experience. But it is tough to connect as an audience member at times because it's just so, I don't know. Like, it's just, again, here's the name of a character on a helmet. Mm-hmm. And because I, I think if you ask me now, I can maybe say what? Blackburn, mm-hmm. Evers, Grimes. Even Evers is wrong. Everson. Everson. Yeah. I was like, even, Nelson, even Grimes, that's pretty yeah. like American. Like outside of that, I don't know anybody. So, I, and I think though. I appreciate seeing I'm I'm sort of in the opposite of what some of the reviewers talked about with that too of like yeah these nameless sort of face but I I think that's the 
point, actually. Like, I actually legitimately think that's the point. I don't... Our military is designed to be next man up. Who's this? Who's that? Right? And all these people and, you know, in... I mentioned Band of Brothers earlier where they talk about it in that of just saying, like, what size shoe are you? Same as everyone else. Nine and a half. Like, you're just like, (laughs) you have to fit a certain build and a certain understanding or a certain, like... Stature. Right. And, and like, so who you are doesn't matter in the grand scheme of the mission. Yes. Right. And so I do think sometimes they don't... I appreciated that they didn't go too far down... A backstory. They give you a few that, yes, you're from you're like, okay, you're probably going to die now, yeah. like because I get some backstory on you. Yep. They do give you a few of those. Um, I I didn't need them. They don't really bring anything to the story. No. But yeah, it's half hour because I, I have mine too. Where it just said, I think it's a good build up though. It gives you a good baseline of yeah the people, but the story and what they're looking at. Um, and they just don't force the backstory. Like, don't sure. force the backstory. If you're not going to, in the end, if you're not going to really go for the home run from an emotional standpoint, then don't yeah. waste my time. Yeah. Like, just give me a few. Let's get out there. This movie is exactly what it was. It's not an action movie. It's a war movie. It's a drama. Yeah. But it's it's not about the characters. It's about the mission kind of a thing. So, it didn't bother me at all. I thought the point was, sometimes the point is, I'm not supposed to know everybody who's out there. And, and I agree. And I, I'll come back to it later, like, as far as some thoughts on that, like, distancing aspect. But I agree. Like, what I think helps for that 30 minutes of the buildup is, you know, I like movies like this where what it's actually doing, as I feel like, is it's creating a scenario in which what's perceived to be the best in the world. And, of course, <laughs> arguably the American military is that. So, Wait. not trying to critiquing. Yeah. A thousand like, Somalis died versus nineteen. Nineteen, yeah, yeah. Like it's a good ratio if they have to be honest. But those forces which are perceived to be the best in the world, or those thirty minutes of, and not to say this Pearl Harbor because that movie sucks, mm-hmm. but that was such a kind of thing where it was such a lackadaisical, like we're on a great island mm-hmm. and who could ever touch us. That's what it felt like in the beginning of this, in a somewhat similar vein of. It sets it up for then when they are outmatched and overrun by these forces that they seemed will be in and out in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And they're inferior. They're clearly not going to be a match for us. That adds in an element of tension hmm. from a movie-going standpoint mm-hmm. where you think, we're going to be just fine. And then, oh, God, shit goes south pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Very yeah. And then you add in just elements <laughs> of like human stupidity. Like the scene of like them driving to the crash site, but directions are delayed because of technolo- technology mm-hmm. gaps and legs where it's like, <laughs> oh my God, like you add all these elements and that creates an inherent I- I- engagement, if you mm-hmm. will, mm-hmm. with that from a movie going standpoint where you think, oh, like hubris is meeting its match. Mm-hmm. That's somewhat a solid drama element. So I, I do feel like, yes, it was... Interesting in the sense of 30 minutes. Okay, let's move it along. But now it's actually setting up where, yeah, they think we're going to come in. No big deal. And then it goes sideways really, really quick. And so that was well done, I think. And I like movies like this where it kind of sets up that kind of, you know, David and Goliath aspect. Not like in a similar vein, but we're, we'll be fine. No big deal. We're coming in and conquer. And it just, nope, doesn't quite work. That yeah. Way. Yeah. Pump the brakes, kid. Yeah. 
I I was thoroughly riveted though. I I was surprised how I was more interested in the so as much as they talk about not a lot of backstory and that kind of stuff. I was more riveted by the action scenes and the actual like yeah right so. I didn't want the backstory because if I'm more riveted by the layering of the, oh shit, here's this, here's this, yep. here's that. Those two guys who drop down yes. um, to save the pilot, even though they don't. Yes. Like I'm more riveted every time. So as the movie went on, it's sort of layered up and you're like, oh, it's going to, you know, it's going to hit the fan. It's going to be here. And then it's more and it's more and it's more. And then finally, I would assume like in combat, suddenly the right thing happens and they get there, the convoy gets there, they get in and they're out and then they're done. Like it's like this huge spike and then bam, it's done. Yep. So I was more riveted by that than I ever would have been by the story. So, I mean, we're not asking for saving Private Ryan here. We're not asking for, no. you know, give me an authentic story about a 16 hour conflict that happened or whatever it was in Mogadishu and move on. Like, yep. So I, I was thoroughly riveted by the layering of it, how each and every time as you went on, so after a half hour, you're kind of like, okay, it's a setup here, but you know what's coming. And after about an hour, you're like, here it comes. And, or, uh, you know, it just keeps layering on top, and then it's done. Yes. I love that. I, I liked it. I, I was thoroughly riveted the entire time. And there were times <laughs> where we were, like, watching it and saying, like, holy God. Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> before we started the podcast or we talked at the beginning about, I don't remember much of it. Mm-hmm. And then it comes to the scene where the guy got shot Ooh, and is dealing with his femoral artery. Femoral artery. Yep. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's flooding back. I remember this scene, and it's terrible. Yeah. And it's just so yeah, awful. I gotta, I got to dig up to your pelvis to get your artery. Can I have some morphine yeah. um, about that? It's going to slow your heart slow rate. Your so, no, no this is going it. to hurt. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I remember seeing this 20 yeah. years ago. Can't somebody punch me until yes. I'm out? Yes, exactly. But that's part of that, like, kind of Ugh. thing where one of the pieces for me was tied to that was that kind of, uh, I guess they call it the, you know, cinema verite, where it's mm-hmm. in the trenches, it's you know, visceral experience. Mm-hmm. It is really well done. Yeah. I agree. And this, like, especially when the helicopters are coming in at the start of the mm-hmm. raid, and some of the shots of the soldiers holding on to the side of helicopters, mm-hmm. and it's got their perspective, but also it's looking back with the actor kind of front of screen, mm-hmm. where they're hanging off this, like, famous people <laughs> hanging off the side of a yeah. helicopter. And so then it adds that kind of experience where you feel like you are in it with them, hmm. where it's not to say like, it's kind of like a video game type of style, like call of duty or whatever, but it has such an authenticity to it. That is such an impressive thing. So I agree. Like that was one thing, thing that stood out of, I can, you know, kind of quibble about some of the connection or lack thereof to the characters, sure. but the experience of it, is really well done where you can kind of get this vicarious experience yeah in this movie because of its attention to detail so it was very well done with that hmm. i think like i mean there are certainly war epics like hacksaw ridge um, or saving river iron yeah that have they they hit on the right notes when it comes to connecting with your characters but they only yes. have one or two or three main characters so i just don't think there was a possibility in this to no. even like, I, I, I just don't think it's possible to relate to. They do their best because Hartnett's relatable, nice sure. stuff. But I also think, and I have this with um, 
Three Kings, which is a great movie. Oh, so good. But sometimes we, these movies actually benefit from those that came before. Like I sure. can watch this movie after having watching, have, having watched Platoon or Saint Private Ryan, Apocalypse Now. Yeah, and they're all like carbon copy, not in a bad way, but they're all like all the characters are such a way. So when yeah. I go into Hacksaw Ridge and somebody's name is Tex and somebody's name is Brooklyn and <laughs> yeah. and you're like, okay, yep. I can I don't need backstory on them cuz they're just I I have this sort archetypes. Of, right, I have this backstory from other movies. Yeah. So I think it benefits from that a little bit of just saying we're just not doing it. So I, I actually don't really have any other points necessarily coming off of the movie. So, but put, feel free to jump in. I it's it's going to be maybe not incredible as we talk through this, Whoa. but it was something I had. To, <laughs> but it was funny. not to harp on like too much on the time aspect of this, but East African time zone is eight hours ahead of us here. I googled <laughs> it as we were watching it. Oh, meaning at two thirty in the afternoon when this raid is going on yeah. to start. They start having these characters like call back to America to leave a message uh, for somebody, and which it's in the middle of the day, yeah, it's like two thirty in the afternoon. Meaning, at best, it's seven thirty in the morning Eastern mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So, unless it's not just that time zone, the call comes through to a woman coming back from getting groceries, and it's really bright outside. Sure. What about second come breakfast? On. Like. I, I get their attempt to have it be like a character driven, like they're connected to these people, but it is this, again, this by proxy thing of, yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. They have these people at home waiting for them. And, oh, when she misses the call, it's like, you know, it's a two and a half hour movie. You can cut a little bit of stuff like that sure. where it's almost like inferring. You don't have to go through the scenes that, and that was a weird thing to me. I'm like, I get it. It's a, it's a really big deal for me. I mean, like I think back to Amelie where it's like, if people aren't paying attention when they drive, that's a problem. Time zones across the world, when they are both lit up and they're like half a day apart, mm-hmm. I don't like that. What if it was daylight savings time, though? Listen, <laughs> again, this is a self-imposed time heist. Daylight savings is the worst thing ever. So, no, maybe then, and maybe Africa doesn't have it, but it was April. So, no, it's so not happening. eight hours behind us. Ahead of us. Ahead yeah. of us. Central time. In central time. So yes. even if they were on the East Coast, it would be seven, seven hours ahead is what you're saying. Seven and a half. Yeah, seven. Okay. So, there's no way they landed it would have worked. They three-something, so. I didn't Google the date in, like, April, whatever, <laughs> 1993, to just be like, it was a Tuesday. She's not getting out to get groceries at five in the morning no. on a Tuesday. Wow. What about second breakfast? But yeah. So, I... From a thought standpoint, like, I agree. Like, overall, movies like this are, I liken it to the least, I think, the most recent example is something like Dunkirk, mm-hmm. where the Tom Hardy. Inher- exactly. inherent risk of these movies, maybe risk isn't the right word, but the complication, the challenge is by having it be such an authentic, authentic experience with, like, next man up. Mm-hmm you remove kind of any kind of connection to a character. So you mentioned Saving Private Ryan. That's a great movie as far as it's a film mm-hmm. where it has a connection to these characters that as they get picked off one by one mm-hmm. and they die, you feel for it because the story is the risk of these characters and the sacrifice they made to save one guy. Mm-hmm. He has to earn this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas a movie like this or Dunkirk, they're just named like, Name one character from Dunkirk. You can't because it's just mm-hmm. the and the the essence is 
these people are just here to be kind of fodder for this war machine. Sure. So I remember walking out of that and we saw it and I was like, this is really engaging, but I wasn't like moved by it. Right. It's impressive, but I didn't feel anything. No, on Dunkirk? No. This, Dunkirk or even this, like outside of like, oh, it was well made, Mm -hmm. but I had no emotional reaction to it as far as like, oh my gosh, like this character died or this one did. Like it it felt so, it's it's a catch-22 for these movies where it's like, it's so authentic and yet it then removes any kind of connection from a cinematic experience that I don't feel. Emotionally. Yes. Correct. And that's, that, but that's, I think that's where I come at it from a technical standpoint of where I'm like, oh no, this is actually really good technically speaking. Totally. Everything about it is well made. Yes. And, and, and oftentimes you'll say that and then it's like, but the movie wasn't good. This is a good movie. It's good. Like, it's, it's really it's, good. It's a really good movie. There's yes. not, but again, it wasn't up for best picture and it shouldn't have been. And it wasn't like, that's where I'm just like, this is exactly what it. Yeah. Should have been. The cinematography is great. The tech, yep. the, everything about it was great. Yep. And I recommend it to people. It's a yes. good war movie to, that's not, I mean, it's violent. There's lots of, sure. There is lots of blood, but it's not over the top. No. Um, it's but it's really a war good. movie. You expect blood. Yeah. And it's a Ridley Scott movie, too. Yes. So. But the, the review I m- mentioned, like with that one where it said, like, you know, it's an endurance test that is numbing, but nothing new. I disagree. I think I agree. I agree with what you're saying because it is actually pretty new. Because I even said in my initial thing of saying like this is kind of like a modern warfare movie. There aren't many movies. Three Kings is definitely one of them, but there aren't many movies that showed the modern style of warfare. Yeah, like I, I agree. Yes, like most this. like Dunkirk. Like it's back in it's World all War, War II, II, but the it's a actual, bit of nostalgia. Like, yes, 90s to 2000s. At this time in 2001. Totally. There aren't that many movies because all these stories haven't really come out yet or they've been declassified or whatever. Yep. Um, or they would turn into like Jarhead. It's yes. just kind of this like weird movie. Surrealist. I, it's pretty good, but it's just like, come on. So there aren't that many examples of it like like this. So yes. I think it is actually pretty unique. Yeah. In a, in its way. Yeah. So I whoever agree. that review was, they're wrong. Rex Reed. <laughs> Idiot. Exactly. Um any other thoughts on before we move on? No. Well, all right then. Easy enough. Yep. Uh, let me get my notes. notes you my shift goats. your paper around. Yeah, I gotta, you know, I gotta remember where I was. Here we go. So, okay, we are going to move on to our beer reaction segment that we call Drinking Buddies: The Sequel. Let's get weird. We have been enjoying beer for quite some time, so our opinions on these beers is pretty much ironclad. I mean, it's like... Unassailable. So, Tim, what do we got for uh, our beers, our drinking buddies? Our first one that we had was Castle Danger out of Two Harbors, Minnesota. Their seasonal, end of year, fresh hop mosaic IPA. Mm-hmm. And... You don't get a lot of fresh hop mosaics. No. There's fresh hops out there, but not a lot of mosaics. I think the cost involved with mosaic yeah, is definitely yeah. like a, a, a disincentive, but... Uh, it's just a solid. Yeah, you love this beer. I love it. Like I have yet to be let down. I'm like, ah, gosh, maybe some mosaic because that's my favorite hop. But mm-hmm. um, it's like four and a half for me mm-hmm. every year. I it's just a staple that I wish I could quit it. <laughs> Much <laughs> I like quit you. I wish I could, yeah, like a uh, broke back. But that's right. Every time I'm like, God, I 
yeah, I got to get this. I love it. It's so it good. Is good. I mean, for me, it's a four out of five, and that's not a knock on the beer at all. I mean, I love Mosaic. I love sure. the Fresh Hop. I just, it's, I think for you, your review gets bumped because of your love for the beer in general. Absolutely. Like we, um, a year ago, we had Sleepwalker from LTD, and that's my favorite beer. Yep. But we obviously aren't having it this year. And I'm glad because I'm not impressed with it this year. Like it wasn't their best yeah. year. But I still rated it pretty well because yeah. I like yeah. the beer. So, I mean, I totally get it. So, for me, it's a four, 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 two, five, kind of out of five right in that area. It's yeah. a great beer. I'll probably find myself at a liquor store tomorrow buying a 12-pack of it or whatever they got. It's only four packs. Four packs? It's a fresh hot mosaic, man. <laughs> like, It's not like it's like, oh, you're tons of cheap fine. beer. Like, no, it's... Fine. I will buy a four-pack. somewhat exclusive. <laughs> All right, what else? Then we had the, you know, a bit of a throwing one back. When are the, they coming the up with cans, have they said? Like, did they just say, like, they're changing their crawler line That's un- over to the canning line or something? Per the social media, mm-hmm. you know, vibe in the world, mm-hmm. uh, yes, they're switching over from crawlers to being a canning experience. I don't know when that's coming out, but they were, like, a week ago being, like, last shipment coming oh, to the cities or whatever. ASAFP, man. Yeah. Like, enough of this. You, yes. Anyway. Although, the irony is this was ba- canned back in August. So, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, they're still hanging out there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was the junkyard out of Moorhead there. Mama's trip to Jamaica, sour with orange, pineapple, lime, and grenadine syrup. Um, it was nice. I enjoyed it. It was like a 3.75 for me. Yeah. Like four. Like it was I had a four, four, two, five. Yeah. I it was a solid sour. Was so it was what's all in it? It was grenadine orange, pineapple, there, lime, and grenadine syrup. I got a lot of the pineapple out of it. Yes. In mine, which I it actually was very liked. tropical. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. To have a classic Jamaican rum punch cocktail. I've never had that, so yeah, I can't compare it. Yeah, I don't know what the classic it. is, although I'm sure Moorhead, Minnesota is the place to go for classic Jamaican cocktails. Yeah. Sorry, really quick. It's got a like, super fine print here that says, this beer was conditioned on fruit and must be kept cold at all times to maintain freshness and to prevent the fruit sugars from fermenting in the can. <laughs> if you notice this can bulging with pressure, please dispose of it carefully and immediately. Sure. That's that's what I tell ladies on my first I've date. Ne- <laughs> I've never like, seen a yeah. crowler like with a warning of like, right. if this is bulging. Yeah, if you see my pants bulging. <laughs> Mama's trip to Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Throw it and run. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like a Molotov cocktail. Exactly. <laughs> this, this, cr- <laughs> this crowd is bulging. Oh, boy. It's getting you fermented. Better open it. yeah. You better open it, man. Like that can, the episode from The Simpsons when he oh, shakes yeah, where, the beer. Oh, uh, yeah. Bart puts the beer in yeah, the... It blows up. Yep. <laughs> the oh, paint shaker. God. For April Fool's. Yes. Oh, yeah. April! April Fool's! Oh, God. Beer. Beer is the cheese. That's good. Anywho, yeah, I had a 4 four two five on it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it's, it. It it's, was good. It was very, very tasty. And then we had the back channel, Tampa 2... New England double IPA. Hmm. I'm curious. I looked. It, I didn't see anything on here. And I tried to fe- see online on Untapped what type of hops were yeah. in this. It was uh, kind of really like dank. It's disappointing. It's terrible. Nobody drink the beer. The beer has gone bad. I was kind of surprised. I, I was, was like, ooh, a New England double IPA. Yeah. That could be like, it just like. Yeah. The rating weird. on. The average rating is like a four point. 
something or other. Like, it's a low four. Yeah. And that's why I got it, because neither of us had had it. No. We've had, like, Dunzo from there, and they, they've got some really good beers. It's solid stuff. And I was unimpressed at best. This at was, this. like, 3.25 Yeah, I had me. a 3.5. Yeah. Unsatisfactory Climax. When I first tried it, I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't flat in the carbonation, but the no. flavor was just flat. There was nothing to it. It didn't. There was nothing to the flavor whatsoever. Especially when I think of the style, like, I think, what, last episode we talked about... If the style is one thing and you taste it, you're like, eh, this isn't quite a hazy. I was expecting like a New England double IPA. Right. And this was kind of a weird, like, I There's can't, nothing, it's hard to yeah, describe. I ended up throwing the last bit of mine away. I was just like, eh. Yeah. I just, I only got so much alcohol I can consume and I'm not going <laughs> to waste it on you. Yeah. Like, just, I'm not yeah, doing it this. It was disappointing. I had a three five. I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to. We'll have to almost have like a bad habit style makeup and grab a different back channel because yeah. they got way better stuff oh, out there. They are good, but yes. yeah, this was disappointing. I agree. What wasn't disappointing? Yeah, I like <laughs> that. Other one was the Fulton Snow Emergency Stout, our theme beer, because it was it was black black. Uh, it was four point two five for me. Man, Fulton doesn't disappoint. Nope, they're just as they stand aside. Ordinary people bring extraordinary beer. It is. It's damn good. Yep. Solid stout. I know what I'm getting into, and it just tastes fantastic. I agree. I think and um I think I had a four four two five as well. I, I I'm always I, I love Fulton. It's the brewery I tell people to go to when they come to town. Yeah, forget Surly. Yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah, there's some other ones, but uh, if you want to go to a brewery and have any beer on tap is going to be quality at yep. at its minimum. It's going to be a quality version of that style. Yep, and that's Fulton. And so they release this stout, and it's not it's not even their best stout that they can make. But no, it's but a they've nice, been like solid posting stout. about it. Yes, and they don't release a ton of new beers, or at least they hadn't. Yeah, that's true. And now they did that and released. And they have a couple new tap room exclusives and stuff. So good on them. I, I mean, I yeah, I I, I think good. We've talked about them before. Bad Habits, probably my favorite brewery in town, but Fulton is is one on one A for me. Of just saying, like, if you're gonna, I can go to Fulton and I literally can have anything there, and it yep. will be good to great. You think about like people coming to cities and be like, "What should I have?" Fulton, Fulton. go to Fulton. Yes, yep. they're just fantastic. So then we ended up, we finished that. Yeah, it was near the end of the movie. movie. So exactly, you know, here we go. You know, so we said at minimum four beers. Yep. So we uh, scoured around your beer fridge mm-hmm. and came across. Mm-hmm. LTD. It had to get opened. I'm glad we opened it. Yeah, you said, "Ooh, yep. it's going to get close." Tat, tat. Yep. LTD out of Hopkins, their tequila barrel aged sunrise style sour ale. I guess say this good. is like unparalleled mm-hmm. in terms of this style of having it feel like a. Tequila Sunrise. So good. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And the crazy part is it's only 6%. Yep. How did they... Their margarita it's like magic. Sour, I think, is like a 7 or 8% too. Like yeah. They just didn't... It's not It's not too heavy. It's These not sours too, from them? Oh, it's good. God, they're good. Yep. Oh, yeah. I think I have a 4.5 on that one. 4.5. And the bottle itself yep. is really good. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's Rachel like 4.5 for me. Yep. It's really, really good. Yeah. Since she's not listening, I can just say Rachel does a good job with that. Kudos, Rachel. There you go. Is it Raquel? Sorry. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! I don't know why it I said that. It is not. No. It's a, it's a nice one 
to uh, enjoy while we talk. I didn't have any other segments. Nothing popped up. Did you have? No, else? I was trying to think about something that might pop up, but no. It uh, overall, like we said, impressed with the mm-hmm. like making of it, the aesthetics, and it's good. All right, so we come now to the bittersweet moment that is our final segment, and that would be quiz show. The exciting quiz program, 21. Where we search for trivia surrounding our subject film and try to stump the other so that I can add embarrassing sound effects when we are wrong. (laughs) They're great. I like them. They're good. Um, Obviously, we had the... I couldn't remember how much Smalls was in the movie, so I was hoping he wouldn't be as much. But once you saw him a few times, you're yeah. like, yep, there he is. I was like, that's the dude from Sandlot. Yeah, yeah, there we are. So that was one of mine. So I do have one or two others, but what do you got? I have two. Go ahead. Because one was kind of... <laughs> I had three, but one's so terrible that well, yeah, it's like... Technically, I have three, but yeah. But you watch it and you go, holy cow, this is a moot point because there's so many people in this. Mm-hmm. That it becomes kind of like a yeah. So anyway, I guess I'll ask it just for the sake I mentioned it. So sure, anyway. I can always cut it. Yeah. Can you name two stars of the film for whom this movie was their American film debut? Of all um, the like white tons of people in it. Well, American film. American Eric Bana. It yes. was his first, and then Orlando Bloom probably. But then I don't know about your list. Technically not, because Lord of the Rings came out before this. Oh, yeah, but he probably, yeah, I get you. Okay. Um, American film debut then? Yes. Tom Hardy. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Although, when I wrote this, I didn't think about, it's also the guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Nicholas. Nicholas. Yeah, yeah. It's technically his. American. I'm sure there's quite a few. Yeah, exactly. Like, God, this movie is undermining my freaking trivia. So, that's right. Apparently, Russell Crowe recommended Eric Bana. Yeah. Fellow Aussie to take the role he was originally offered, but couldn't film it due to scheduling conflicts for what movie? A Beautiful Mind. There you go. Yep. Um, yeah. Cross off that one. Oh, man. Was that your trivia? Not one of them. Oh, well, okay. I mean, it was one of them, just as a sort of. I always have like four or five, and <laughs> if we cross over, that's sure. fine. Yep. Um, I guess the first one I'll ask, because I think you already know it is Tom Sizemore, William. Fickner, Fickner and Jeremy Piven all worked together previously on what 1995 crime epic? Oh, I'm so glad we talk about this. Heat. That's right. That's right. I only ever, I really only ask you just so we can it, talk about I mean, heat. By, the, by the nature of our podcast, it's like 20 years, so I love it, but it gives us insight into like, our possibility of like to talk about movies that came out before. Yeah. And yes, it is true that I can call back to one of the greatest crime sagas of all time. That's right. Yeah, I'd say top five for sure. Top he five. is unreal. So yep. somehow if you haven't watched it, give three hours of your life to it because mm-hmm. it's incredible. Yeah. Pacino, De Niro, first scene together. Like, oh my God. Yep. Yes, I love that. Oh, it's so good. And like we said, Fickner is such an incredible character yeah, actor. Yeah, I agree. He's just effortless. He's yeah. so good. He is one of those guys that's made a career out of just sort of finding his way yeah. into... Whatever role he's he had can a marquee find, name. and yeah, but you recognize him, yeah. But you're like, That's oh guy. yeah, yeah. What's he from? Oh yeah, yeah. and everything. He's so good. Yep. Yes, I love it. Um, so Ridley Scott was not the first director interested in this film. Hmm. Simon West, mm-hmm. who's one of the executive producers, he's a producer on it. Yeah, originally was slated to direct, but left the project to film a different 2001 action film. Starring Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. Can you name that adventure film? 
Is that Tomb Raider? Lara Croft, yeah. Tomb Raider. I, I knew Simon West was the producer on it, but I couldn't remember him as a director because he yeah. had kind of wanted to do this, but I couldn't remember what other movies he had done. Because he's done Con Air yep. and The General's Daughter mm. prior to this, and then nothing else. <laughs> Truly, it was like you had these cheesy late 90s mm-hmm. action absurdities and said, so, you know what? I'm going to pass on this and do an awful action mm. movie. And then... Nothing else. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, he didn't die, right? He's still alive, as oh, I yeah, understand. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna double check that. Where did you go, dude? Yeah. Oh, his career ended because he died. Yeah, yeah awkward. No. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, he was not the original record. Hmm. All right, so we have mentioned and discussed the impressively large <clears throat> cast, male of, cast, yeah, <laughs> cast of men. Um, the pretty huge <clears throat> stars overall. However, You're there so are I know there are zero Oscar wins among all of this cast. Sure. Okay. Yep. And in fact, only two of the actors in this film have ever even been nominated for Oscars. Oh my god! Care to guess which two? Oh my god! Um, and ultimately, when you think about it, and the names that we've mentioned just in this movie, you're like only two nominations. The the like almost general guy like was it Sam Shepard or whatever yeah he he's got to have such a legacy that he probably is nominated for something yeah for the right stuff he was nominated for uh, a supporting actor I've yep never, I've never seen that well you should I know um oh my gosh outside of that from a nomination standpoint yep holy cow you can fill this with time as I think through the prodigious. Elongated cast. Yeah, man. I mean, there is. I know. I just think about who could have had a nomination as I, I, I'm drawing a blank. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but... Uh... Yeah, Tom Hardy has been nominated for The Revenant. Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's it, though. Wow. Only those two. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, he'd be nominated. I know, but wow. of all the people, you just really? think of Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor's and... never been up? Nope. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but even Orlando Bloom's done some stuff, and um, Eric Bana's been in a bunch yeah. of really good movies. Actually, Eric Bana is an underrated actor as well. Totally. You watch this and go, man, how do you not have like a stellar career? Well, he's, I mean, he, he's, he's had a good career. Yes, true. He's, he's made a hell of a lot more than either of us have ever had. So yeah, we talk about him. But yeah, I mean, this was such a great like interest on the scene. But oh yeah, Tom Hardy. Oh my gosh. Yep. So those two. Mm, that's good. So I only include this one mm-hmm. because I'm a jerk. So um, watch out for these cans. <laughs> the film was criticized in many ways for its lack of historical authenticity. Mm-hmm. Took some liberties. Fine. Okay. Whoa. Wow. Film. But the a one documentary. Really. Okay. The one in my research I found most surprising is the misattribution of the opening quote, which is "Only the dead have seen the end of war," which is not, in fact, from Plato. Hmm. It says Plato, but pretty well known. Sure. Um, you're not gonna get this because I didn't get it because it's cool to see. But I, I right. think it's interesting. Uh, it was actually written by a Spanish philosopher essayist and poet who lived from 1863 to 1952. Hmm. I'm only going to include it because I think it's interesting. In what, what he Can you name the Spanish author who actually wrote Only the Dead Have Seen the End of War? Wait, didn't you just tell me it was? It's not Plato. 
He's Spanish. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Socrates. No. I don't even know. No. That's Greek, yeah. man. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> no. His name is George or Jorge Santayana. Hmm. But the only thing I thought was interesting because he's also known for the more famous aphorism, which is, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Hmm. So why were they in this movie? I thought Lincoln said that. Every time I see it online or whatever, <laughs> yeah, it just exactly, feels like yeah. it's Lincoln yeah, or exactly. MLK said it. Yeah. One of those Benjamin great Franklin. people. But it's a weird thing. Like, why? Like, a quote at the beginning, it doesn't matter. But you're like, we're going to put Plato on this and it's going to seem like really, really important. As opposed to, he, just, he, didn't, he didn't say it. Anyway, but the guy who said, you know, the whole thing about the past. So Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I found out. I was like, you're not going to know. I didn't no, know. No, I couldn't but it's find interesting. The only other trivia I was thinking about, and I couldn't quite get there, was Hugh Dancy is in this. Do you know who that is? <laughs> no. Um, he plays the Dr. Schmidt. You know the name, Hugh Dancy. Yes. Right. And Why there was some, name? because there's a fun, he ends up playing Will Graham in Hannibal, the TV show. That came that's been out for a few years. Yeah. So he just ends up in the same TV show that that same year. Oh, that's right. Okay, I, I Ridley Scott had about. directed yeah. Hannibal the movie. So yeah. there was something I couldn't quite get there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Hugh Dancy is very good, also as Schmidt. Um, this was his feature film debut. Yeah. So again, the and trivia was shit. Yeah, <laughs> you you, you have fifteen guys apparently yeah. in this. <laughs> Hugh Dancy is really good as that little character, too. But he's outstanding in Hannibal, the TV show, if you haven't watched it. I hear it's really good. It is good. Uh, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of 20 Years, 4 Beers. Stay tuned for our next happy hour, where we will discuss life as a house. And watch out for December, because we have three episodes coming your way. Bum, bum, bum. Hey, hey. First will be The Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. What about Second Breakfast? Extended version. <laughs> yes. Then we will talk about Gosford Park. And finally, our end of the year Oscar special on A Beautiful Mind. Why not? Why can't Where I? we will also offer up our Oscar picks Ooh. of what would or would not in our minds have won. So lots to enjoy coming up. This brings us to the end of the episode. We want to say thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank and you. for clicking that like or subscribe button on your devices. Find us on Twitter at years underscore beers and on Facebook or head to 20years4beers.com. This has been 20 Years 4 Beers. My name is Steve. I'm Tim. And thanks for listening. Thank you. Up here, my one weekend. Probably just the fruity stuff. <laughs> the fruity. Are you the crosshairs of the woke mob? <laughs> um, I live in the woke mob's <laughs> crosshairs, man. <laughs>